Pastor John's got a word on his heart that's going to unlock faith in your life and release victory in your world. Why don't you give him a huge? Stand up where you are and get ready. Welcome him to the platform as he brings the world word of God today. Amen. Well, what a privilege to be able to gather around the word of God this morning. I just have absolutely loved the worship. And uh, maybe we could just, uh, I don't know where you, where you are in your homes, wherever you're viewing this this morning, just a, a real uh, appreciation for our worship team here. Also for all the guys and the, and the, the guys and girls and the and behind the scenes that are involved in all the tech and uh, being able to put all the service on and stream into your home. I'm just uh, really excited about this morning. What a privilege to be able to, first of all, just spend some time in worship. Spend some time just opening your heart to God and allowing Him to breathe afresh upon your life, to, to, to just dust off the dryness or the, the distraction or whatever been, has been happening in your week and uh, just have this time to worship God, to open your heart and life to Him. You can be seated where you are. That We've got a, a few folk in the auditorium this morning, but what a privilege to be able to uh, live stream into your home, into your hearts and lives, wherever you are receiving this this morning. What a great privilege. Well, we are, we are certainly living in interesting times. I think the, the words like being flexible and resilient and adaptable. And uh, one of, one of the, the, the things that's really helped me in my journey is reflecting back a little, quite a while ago now, Pastor Don actually preached a message. I think it was in Greenhithe and uh, it was outside and the backdrop were all these um, yachts that were anchored in, in, behind the, in an estuary up behind where he was preaching. And uh, that, the, 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 the message that he had, the message that he gave at that particular time was being anchored in the Word. And that is something that's really resonated with my life through this whole lockdown journey these last couple of years is learning whatever the, the storms and the things that are happening around us to go back to the Word of God and let God speak and breathe afresh into our hearts and lives. I remember a few years back, uh, a few years back, uh, um, a number of us guys had the privilege of going on a sail, but um, not sailing to Fiji, but um, flying to Fiji and then having an adventure sailing around some of the islands around the um, around the, uh, the, the Asawas, around Fiji. And one, the weather was actually really good for most of the time. But one evening, we were anchored in this um, harbor, but the wind really came up. And I remember being in my little, um, my little bunk, lying on my bed, and there was a little um, like oval porthole that was um, right by my head. It was really hot. And I was lying there, and it was lovely just to open the porthole just a little bit. And, and the rain would come in, and uh, I'd just sort of get a bit refreshed by that. But the howling of the gale that was going around, but one thing I was really pleased and fortunate about when we arrived, when we, I woke up in the morning to realize that this yacht was actually anchored. <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't a quiet, peaceful estuary in Greenhithe. This was, this was facing a raging storm, and there was this the, uh, blowing of a gale around this yacht, but we were anchored. But it was interesting <laughs> when I think back on it, we looked at the map in the morning and the anchor had actually dragged quite a bit. So there was this funny sort of pattern of where the boat had been. But fortunately, we never hit any rocks. We never were blown on to the shore. 
And I believe in this time that we're in now, boy, it's so important that we stay anchored. We stay anchored. We, we keep our focus in a sense. And uh, one of the things I think we, some of the things we need to be reminded of is uh, with, it, with our Inspire Church, we've, we've laid some foundations. We, we've talked quite a bit about, you know, loving God, about loving people, about surrounding everything we do in prayer about we are better together. Boy, I think that there is an, has been incredibly tested where at times we haven't been able to be together like we've normally wanted and been able to, to do. We are better together. And also um, church beyond Sundays. And, and I just believe that, you know, keeping that focus, loving God, loving people, surrounding everything with prayer, we're better together and church beyond Sundays. When I was praying this week, and I do pray <laughs> before I preach, and uh, um, I've got some great um, messages coming up. Preach it, Pastor John. So uh, come on, get some of these messages going. Rose, I saw your message before. Thank you. Yay. Awesome to get some feedback. Um, I, I was praying this week, <coughs> excuse me, praying this week, and I do before I preach, but I was praying this week, and I found myself praying things like, Lord, Lord, we don't do so well in life without you. Lord, we don't do very life do life very well without that sense of your freshness, without that sense of your touch. Lord, refresh your people. And I, we're just spending time praying over that. God, we need you. God, we need your fresh touch upon my upon our lives. Lord, refresh. Send your rain. Lord, wash off the dryness. Wash off the distraction. God refresh us again in the season, in this hour that we're in. You know, this scripture has been ministered to us a lot in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. I think we need to hear it again. Romans 15 and verse 13. And it says this, may the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. Oh, look at this, Linda, thank you. So appreciate you, Pastor John. Lovely to be encouraged this morning. Uh, Matthew, my son, quoted the scripture. He just came out with it on our iGroup night this last week. Nehemiah chapter eight and verse 10, and it says this, for the joy of the Lord, the, the last part of that verse says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And just another scripture, just as, uh, as a way of um, coming into my message, I've loved this. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse two. And I actually believe, I know we've got our, our, our pattern laid out for us about our uh, coming up uh, week of prayer and fasting. But look, somewhere in this week, I'd love you to throw this passage of scripture in, mull over it, quote it, declare it. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse two. And it says this, surely God, <laughs> surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. And then it says, with joy, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And I just believe, oh, look, this is a time this is a time, this is a focus for us in our walk with God. Oh, with joy, let's draw some water <laughs> from the wells of salvation. You know, we can get so dry and so dusty and so distracted at times, but Lord, let's, 
with joy draw some water. And then in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, it says, Paul declares, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I just feel this scripture has been written even for a now time. He starts off and then he says, uh, will trouble. And, and then in verse 37, or then he says, you know, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or nakedness or the sword. And then in verse, th- th- verse 37, he says, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And that needs to get into our spirit that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. You know, I was thinking, and I am going to get into the main part of my message this morning, is that um, I encourage you to take notes. I think we miss out too much when we don't take notes. One of the joys, um, Pastor Don says, hard to drive with good preaching like that. Stay on the road, Pastor Don. You know, I was thinking, I think we miss out sometimes when, um, when, when we don't take notes. We, we, we miss some of the things that have been given to us. You know, one of, the, one of the things I've been learning that when you do your grocery shopping, the most important thing, you take a list. You take a list and then you take a pen with you to cross off the things that you're purchasing. You know, when you go to lectures, you go to university, you, you have some recording device, you, you have something to take notes so that you can um, remember what you've, what you've learned. Uh, what you've been being taught. You don't do life without, we don't do life without our shop, without our to-do list. And I encourage you this morning, a, a great scripture in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter two and verses two and three. And it says this, a very simple, look, this is, this is simple, but this is profound. I think we miss things. We need to write them down. We need to engage with what's being shared that, that we might do what Habakkuk says. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. They actually had tablets way back then, 800 years before the birth of Christ. It says, um, uh, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets. And then it says, so that you may run. And I think for many of us, I'd say we all need challenge in this, in this area to, to write down the revelation. And even this week as we pray and as we fast, write down the revelation so then we might run with what God is sharing, with our, sharing into our lives. Revelation, tablets, so that we might run. I want us just to, um, we're going to come into a time of, of uh, the, the so the essence, the, the, the main message, but how about we stand where we are right now, in your homes, um, where you, where, if at all possible, where you are to stand, and let's just pray this morning, just where you are, I believe, for just such a touch of the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. These are days where we need that freshness, we need that very much, that uh, intimate sense of God's hand, God's life upon us, and through us in our world. And let's just take a moment to pray. Father, I thank you for this moment right now. I thank you for every person that's, that's within the sound of my voice. God, I pray for a fresh anointing. I pray for a, a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit upon their lives, their circumstance. Lord, whether there's uh, real brokenness and need and heartache and, and uh, uh, life situations going on, God, I, I speak victory. I speak help. I speak breakthrough. God, I pray your presence would minister into those lives, into every home, into every heart. In Jesus' name, may you experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ right now into your life in Jesus' name.
And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. This morning, I, I want us to go to the Word of God as I've talked about. I want to let God's Word just really uh, take a hold, uh, challenge our lives, grip us in, in a fresh way. <clears throat> a little while ago, I was reading this passage of Scripture. I believe it was really out of a, out of a, uh, of a heart. God, let my life go deeper in your Word. I want to hear from you. And uh, I, I was really directed to this passage of Scripture I haven't always read it a lot, but it's just something that's just really come afresh to my life. And it's in uh, Luke chapter 7. It's, it's the story of this uh, woman coming into Simon the Pharisee's house. And I want to read this, just, uh, this passage to you. And in verse 36 of, of uh, Luke chapter 7, and it says, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. And so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him in, invited him, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him and said, Simon, oh, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. And Jesus tells this story. You know, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him, owed him 500 denarii. A denarii was a small Roman silver coin worth about a day's wage and the other 50. And neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned toward the woman and said this to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my, wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time that I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And I want to just uh, share some, some truths from that, from that um, recorded account of, of, of this woman coming into uh, Simon the Pharisee's home where Jesus was having this meal. I want to talk this morning about the power of the invite. I want to talk this morning about the power of worship. You can write these things down. Keep it simple. The power of the invite, the power of worship. And, and thirdly, the power of a kingdom perspective. Okay, very simply in verse 36, it says that one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner. You know, I believe so sincerely that we need to, as a church, rediscover the power of the invite. The invite can just seem a very simple thing. It can be, seem a very um, uh, thing that you could easily move beyond, forget about, but there's incredible power in the invite. You see, there must have been something happening in Simon the Pharisee's house. He must have um, known something of Jesus's ministry. There must have been something that was going on that, 
that challenged Simon to invite him into his home. There must have been something going on. And I believe that there was um, incredible insight in the sense that Simon then invited Jesus to a meal. I believe that the, in, the invite is small, but it's not insignificant. The, the invite often opens doors of incredible life and power and change. I've, I've gone back and remembered, you know, in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1, we have a woman um, called, talks about this woman from Shunem. Shunem. She's a Shunemite woman. And Elisha used, Elisha used to come past and, and, and over some time, she met him, but then, and what her and her husband, apparently this woman was quite well-to-do, and she was able to invite Elisha into, her home, into their home. She invited him in for meals. And then after a period of time, they felt really wanting to reach out to him more, and they built a room on the roof of their house. They put a bed in it and a chair and a lamp and a, and a desk. And so um, Elisha was able to live he was able to um, uh, be uh, uh, looked after in a sense in his journey. And then so much happened from also that invite. Also in Luke chapter 24, 24 and verse 29, it's talking about the two disciples that are traveling from Jerusalem to um, the seven mile journey to Emmaus. And it's an incredible story. It's well worth a read, but it talks about them. They've, they've been through the whole journey of Jesus being crucified, and, and they, they're walking away from Jerusalem. Their heads are downcast and they're discussing the events of what's ha been happening in Jerusalem in th these last few days. They've also heard that, you know, some of the women had gone to the tomb and, 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 and they can't find the body of Jesus and there's some, a lot of stuff going on and these two disciples are walking along. And in that journey, Jesus comes in and he starts to walk with these two disciples. And, and it's actually interesting because it says... Um, Jesus begins to open up the scriptures uh, and he begins to, to talk to them from the prophets uh, uh, and from Moses about the coming of Christ. And I just think that an incredible journey opens. Their hearts begin to be warmed toward this traveler. But then we come to an e a really interesting point. It says, as they come near to the, vi near to the village, this, I don't entirely understand this, but, but it's, it's, the, it's Jesus, he, he, he motions to go on further. He, he isn't staying in the village of Emmaus. He, he, all his um, movement, as it were, is to go on further. But the, the key part of what I'm saying here is in Luke chapter 24 and verse 29, the disciples realize something is in this man, something in their conversation, and they say this, Jesus is moving on, but it says, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. They urged him, they invited him in. And from that, they shared, they broke bread together and their eyes were opened and they realized that it was the risen Jesus Christ that was with them. Jesus disappears from them. Their hearts are warmed and they race back to Jerusalem. It was the small invite where, where they, they welcomed Jesus in and the revelation came. You know, there's another scripture in, in Acts chapter 10 and verse 33, where the Roman centurion has a vision from God uh, about, um, about inviting Peter into his home. Remember that, that he was a Roman, the Romans and the Jews 
had no contact with each other. They didn't go into each other's homes. But Cornelius, um, challenged by God, invited Peter into his home. There were many other people there, and the gospel was shared. And and uh, and I just want to just want to share that passage of scripture in Luke chapter ten. In, incredibly powerful scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 44. And it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Thank God for that invite. Thank God that that, that, Roman, that Roman centurion invited Peter into his house. The invite opened incredible possibilities. You know, one other scripture on the invite was Acts chapter 8 and verse 30. You know, it's the man Philip and, and the Spirit directs him to, to come alongside an, uh, an Ethiopian who was an important official uh, in, in charge of the treasury, an important man. He'd been to worship in um, Jerusalem, was coming away, and he's reading the prophet Isaiah, and, and, uh, but he doesn't really understand what he's reading. And Philip comes alongside, and it's interesting that, that you know, Philip says, oh, do you know, you know what are you reading? And, the, and the, um, the Ethiopian says, well, I don't really know. I need someone to help me with it. And he invites Philip up into the chariot. He shares Jesus with him from, from Isaiah. He is then water baptized. You see, doors open. It was simply the invite. And I want to say to you this morning that, Lord, you know, I believe God wants to really open to us, even in this season, the power of the invite. You know, I remember um, uh, uh, many years ago now, we were newly to inspire. We were a new family, a new couple coming to this church. And there was a couple that, in a, just a very simple way, they, they invited us to the movies. And um, they might be really watching this this morning and laughing because they'll remember what they did. But for us, that was a significant part in our journey of being welcomed in to this faith community. It was a simple thing like just a, a welcome, just a, an invite to go to the movies, but it opened up an incredible journey for our lives. Many years ago, this is going, or better not say too many years, a number of years ago again, I was living in New Zealand and there was a young lady that was living in Australia and I invited her back to New Zealand where we'd met and that opened up an incredible journey and incredible history. And I just think church this morning, we need to rediscover the power of the invite. The invite opens doors, it opens opportunities, it opens lives to incredible possibilities in God. And you know, when I think about the invite, I think about the truth of this really is that all of us who have given our lives to Christ, all of us are, uh, and, and the whole world are recipients of the greatest invite that's ever been given to this planet. The invite to receive uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to invite Christ into our heart and life. The humanity, our world has been given this incredible invite to receive Christ and to begin an awesome journey. You know, I was reading, I was reading this the other day and I just might have a, I might just um, have a, a little drink here. Um, I was reading this the other day. And I was really inspired by this, actually, because it's, it's a famous painting. 
A famous painting was done by an artist, William Holman Hunt. And he, he, um, over, he was a 21-year-old. Over, over the next eight years, he, he drew this incredible painting. And it's, it's called The Light of the World, and, and it's world famous. Apparently in, um, I didn't know this, but in 1904, um, this painting was taken on a world tour. Apparently, it's the most traveled piece of art that's, that's uh, 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 in the world. Um, it went to South Africa. It went to many other different countries. Apparently, in Australia, it was seen by, by um, uh, over three quarters of the population. Incredible piece of art that depicts Jesus carrying a lantern, knocking at the door. And, and with no handle on the outside, there's a crown on his head. He's holding a lantern. The door is overgrown with weeds and the nails and hinges are rusted, implying that the door has never been opened. And the message Hunt had that he was conveying was that it's up to the person on the other side to let Jesus in. You see, there's an invite that's been given, but we need to respond to the invite. And I was thinking about this in, John, in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 1 and verse 12, and it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Receiving Christ into your life, believing on him, is a life-changing, dynamic um, reality that impacts our lives. And I want to say this this morning, before I move on a little bit further, is the, the power of the invite brings salvation. It brings us into the knowledge of God. It brings us into the family of God. We're born again. We know God's presence and experience. When I gave my life to Christ as a teenager, I'd been told about Christ. My parents were Christians. Other people were Christians around my life. But when I surrendered my life to Christ, it, the reality hit me. It wasn't just outward things that I was hearing. There was an inner reality of, of a person that came into my life that I was aware of that he became real to me, as real as anyone else on the planet. And that is the power of the invite in salvation. But I also want to say that secondly, there's the, the invite that for each day, we invite Christ into our heart and life. It's not 20 years ago or 30 years ago or eight months ago, but, but each day we need to invite, we need to walk in the presence and dynamic of the Holy Spirit in our life, the awareness that Jesus is with us. We need that fresh awakening of the Holy Spirit on our lives each day. It's not just, oh, well, I did that way back then. No, we walk in the freshness and the reality and the joy of that today. And in a real sense, there's the activation of that. And maybe even this week, there's gonna be a fresh activation of our love for Jesus, of our walk with Jesus in our lives as we pray and as we fast this week. And just thirdly, I was thinking about the invite. It's not just in history. It's not just every day in a sense that invite is there, but also there is a very real sense that that invite needs to flow through our hearts and lives. The invite of God that's on our lives needs to flow through us and needs to touch the lives of others. And I better keep moving quickly. The second area I wanna look at this morning is the power of worship. You know, this woman came in, she she. Um, stood behind Jesus. She worshipped as she stood um, uh, behind him at that place. 
And I want to say this morning, that would not have been easy. She would have had to push through to come into a place of that intimacy with God. There would have needed to be a determination, a singleness of focus, that nothing was going to deter her for her worship. And I want to say that this morning, is that our heart? Is there a determination or we sort of hands in pockets and, oh, I think I'll, I think I'll spend a bit of time worshiping, you know. No, there needs to be a determination. There needs to be a pressing in. You know, I genuinely believe, and I want you to listen to this this morning, I genuinely believe that the church truly suffers when we neglect times of corporate worship, of intimacy, of extravagant worship. We become dry, distracted, and in danger of losing our first love. I was just really inspired by a book um, by um, N.T. Wright called Simply Jesus. And I want to just read this little section to you. And it says this, Christian worship declares that Jesus is Lord. Christian worship commits the worshiper to allegiance, to following this Jesus, to being shaped and directed by him. Worshiping the God we see in Jesus aligns our whole being, our imagination, our will, our hopes, and our fears away from the world where violence and money and lust make absolute demands. Christian worship instead directs us to a world in which love is stronger than death into a world in which holiness and faith, the faithfulness of God is proclaimed and celebrated. You know, I believe in, even in a, a real sense, worship, our worship of Jesus needs to be reinvigorated, reignited and a fresh passion to come in. You know, this woman, she came, she wept. She wept at his feet. She shed tears. She anointed his feet with perfume. You know, there's incredible power in worship when it's wholehearted. There's incredible power in worship when it's real. There's incredible power in worship when it's intimate, when it's genuine, when it's focused, when it's thankful. And most importantly, it's powerful. Worship is powerful when it's directed to the one who is most deserving, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I love the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1, and it says this, though you have not seen him. I love this. 1 Peter 1 and verse 8, it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. The, the last thing I just want to share briefly, and lovely to have Don come up. God bless you, Don. The last thing I just want to share in the message this morning is kingdom perspective. You know, the power of kingdom perspective. You know, perspective is huge in life. You know, tragically, this, this story has of... of um, the woman who worshipped at Jesus' feet. There's a, a very sad side to the story where, where Simon, really his whole focus was lost. All he could see was a sinner. All he could see was a, was a woman that, that, that um, was really beyond redemption. He never, he never saw like Christ saw the, the, the worship, the, the restored life, the forgiveness, the hope, the, the, the new life that was flowing in this woman. You see, Simon's life, Simon's life had a totally different perspective. It was about judgment. It was missing opportunities. And I, I just so believe that this is a day for us as the church to rise up in our sense of kingdom perspective, of seeing the way God sees our world, seeing situations the way God sees. You know, Simon never saw the worship. He never saw the devotion. He never saw the love. He never saw the transformed life. You see, he was so focused on this woman's past, he couldn't see any possibility of a transformed future. 
you know, I was thinking about the time when um, in the Old Testament, I want to close, um, draw this to a close. But, you know, we can miss things sometimes. And it's interesting that in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, you know, God, God instructed Samuel to go to the home of Jesse and to anoint a new king. And Samuel goes off and he assembles the family. And, uh, and of course, first of all, the oldest is brought in. And Samuel in his heart thinks, oh, I think his name was Eliab. And he sends the son in and, he's, and you know, in his heart he says, oh, sh- surely the Lord's anointed. Surely this is the one. And he sees from his perspective. And then he goes down the whole line of the sons. And, 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 and God says to Samuel, oh, there's, there's none of these. It's one of the sons of Jesse, none, none of these. And, and he says, oh, well, have you got another son? And see, you see, David wasn't even considered. David was out looking after the sheep. And, and, and Samuel said, oh, we'll bring him. You see, so often in life, our perspective can be very different. We can see things that are, are, and, and look on things and our perspective can be so different from what God wants to see. And I just encouraged and challenged this morning that, boy, do we need to rise up? Do we need to have that sense of focus? Do we need to have that sense of perspective in the things that God is seeing and us walking in those? You see, there's incredible power in the invite. There's incredible power in the invite because it, we are living in challenging times, but you know that the invite of Christ desperately needs to flow through our lives today. We're, we're carriers of the anointing. We're carriers of the presence of God. We have a voice that needs to be heard into our world. And that voice needs to be heard because it's powerful. It's life-changing. You know, secondly, the power of true worship, purposeful, genuine. You know, any service really should always flow out of a, a relationship with God, out of worship. It's out of worship that we hear the voice of God and are able to step into our world and be involved in all that God has got. And then the power of the kingdom perspective keeps us moving forward, keeps us stepping into all that God has for our hearts and lives. You know, I, I was you know, just thinking um, in, that, in that passage of Scripture in Luke, you know, what a, what a tragedy that, that Jesus said to Simon. He said, um, he said, look at this woman. You know, I came into your house and you don't, did not give me any water for my feet. You know, I came into your house, you did not give me a kiss. You know, I came into your house, you did not anoint my head with oil. But look at this woman. She's anointed my, my, my feet. You know, she's, she's wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And, you know, I just, I believe what a challenge for our hearts and lives. Let's be about the things that just get the smile of God. Let's be about the things that, that usher in the presence of God, the, 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 the presence of God that's desperately needed in our world. And just as I draw this message to a close, I'd, I'd just love you to, to, to maybe actually in your homes, I'd love you to stand where you are, and uh, we're just going to have a moment, then we're going to uh, close this live stream. But just where you are this morning, now, I've talked about the truth of inviting Christ into your heart and life. I've mentioned briefly about this incredible piece of art uh, that, that this um, artist painted of, of Christ enthroned as king, holding that lantern and knocking on that, that door that's overgrown, that's, that's um, hinges are rusty. And, and I believe that, today, this morning, is that, 
is that something that you need to do? You need to invite. And I want to give that invite to you this morning to invite Christ into your heart and life, to let Him be your Lord and Savior, to let Him bring transformation, to let Him bring joy into your world. Let His presence touch your life. And let's pray this morning. Father, I thank You for each person that's in the sound of my voice. God, I pray for Your fresh touch your spirit upon our lives. God, I pray that you would strengthen. Lord, just so visit. Lord, for those ones that are inviting Christ into their lives right now. Lord, I pray the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray your, your breath. God, your breath right now upon those lives. Lord, salvation, opening the door, letting Christ in. God, I pray for those also that are just going through difficult, uh, challenging times. God, I speak your peace. I speak breakthrough. God, I speak help. I speak healing. Father, I, I pray for your touch afresh in Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise. And we just, we're just going to uh, close the service now, but we're going to um, open the altar to where you are, if it's possible, in your homes. Where you are, there are going to be people that would love to pray with you to uh, speak God's blessing over your life. I'd encourage you to do that in your homes, wherever you are with other, with other believers. What an awesome thing to do. We're gonna do the, this here in this, this auditorium. But God bless you. Have an awesome week. We love you. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.